Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, new laws have taken effect in the past month at both the federal and state level aimed at eliminating surprise medical bills. We'll be joined by the Deputy Director of the Ohio Department of Insurance with the information patients need to know. Also this morning, how City Mission is helping the homeless get back on their own two feet, restarting lives with workforce training, money management, improved life skills, and more. And on average, the amount of time from when the ball drops on the new year to the time we drop the ball on our wellness resolutions is just 32 days. We have expert advice to make this the year you beat those odds. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Good to be back today uh, after a bit of an extended weekend. Um, and I'm not the only one. Uh, Finley City Schools restarting it today. Uh, was exchanging some uh, emails with the uh, uh, folks at the administrative offices at Finley City Schools yesterday uh, saying that everything is on track for that restart today. So. After a few extra days off for the uh, Findlay City Schools, uh, they are uh, reopening today, and hopefully all will go well there. You recall that there were no classes on Friday. Of course, no fr- no classes yesterday, no classes on Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and uh, then on Friday there was no uh, no classes for the university or for the uh, Findlay City Schools uh, as well. All because of the high number of Students and particularly staff uh, out with the uh, with the uh, COVID uh, virus. So hopefully they get everything restarted. Everything will be good moving forward. And uh, welcome back to class. It is a little bit weird, though, after a uh, I mean, I can speak for experience since I had uh, a couple of extra days uh, this weekend. It was it's just kind of weird you're coming back. Uh, after that extended weekend. But here we are, ready to go on this midweek Wednesday. By the way, speaking of the uh, pandemic, I thought this was kind of interesting, a story that I saw on the uh, on the Newswire. It came from uh, the online bulletin board site Reddit, uh, where someone posted the other day an interesting question, posed this question. They said, uh, what was the best purchase you made during the pandemic? You know, because we were stuck at home during at the height of the pandemic, uh, everything was locked down, things were closed, uh, just about every event was canceled, there was nowhere to go, nothing to do, we couldn't go out anyway, and so a lot of us uh, binge shopped online, and there have been a lot of uh, these stories about the most regretted purchase that people made during the pandemic, the, the uh, strangest impulse purchases people made. So this user on Reddit asked the question, and I thought this was kind of interesting. What was the best purchase you made during the pandemic? And some of the responses, and think about this, uh, one one person said, uh, I finally broke down and bought a washing machine. I've been hauling my laundry to the laundromat for years and years um, and finally bought a washing machine. Uh, Let's see here. There were those, and this is one of those uh, answers that falls into the best purchase during the pandemic category and the worst or the most regretted purchase, home gym equipment. So again, depending on whether you stuck with it, that could fall under either category for uh, some folks. They uh, posted about that. Uh, Let's see here. (laughs) An air fryer. Uh, Again, we started cooking Uh, Meals at home a lot more than what many of us were doing before. So an air fryer, uh, bread maker, same same principle there. Um, One person uh, posted during the great toilet paper shortage of the summer of 2020. I bought a bidet attachment for our toilet. That is the best purchase ever. Okay. Um, (laughs) This uh, person. I, again, when asked what was the best purchase you made during the pandemic, said a heated bed for my cats. And if you think that's strange, uh, a strange response to the question, what was the best purchase you made during the pandemic? Uh, he goes on to explain, it keeps my cats off of my laptop while I'm working. 
<laughs> they got a nice, comfy, heated bed where they can lay down and not bother me. <laughs> and my favorite response to this question, the best purchase you made during the pandemic, a hammock. <laughs> but this was this was the, the logic in this. This person said, I take it out, you know, uh, a hammock, you can roll it up. So I pack it in the, the backpack and I take it out and ride my bicycle all over uh, to find new parks and new places to hang out with a book, I stretch out the hammock and between a couple of trees. And there you have it. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. The perspective now a year and a half, two years later on the best purchases uh, folks made during the uh, pandemic. Speaking of the pandemic, remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a story about a, a person who, and again, we were stories in the news about people who are faking uh, COVID vaccinations because they don't want to get vaccinated, but they don't want to be subject to all of the restrictions. So they've been faking the COVID vaccination cards and, and so on. People denying that they have uh, COVID because they don't want to be quarantined and, and all of that. But we had the story a couple of weeks ago of the guy who had the brilliant idea of faking a positive COVID test so that he could get out of work. Here's a similar one. Uh, TikTok user by the name of Callie uh, recently posted uh, that uh, she she came up with a plan on a bad date <laughs> recently. Uh, she got her friend to text her a fake COVID-19 positive test result. So that she could ditch, <laughs> ditch a date that wasn't going well. <laughs> she uh, excused, excused herself, went to the ladies room and then texted her friend saying, text me back real quick, uh, saying that I, my test came back positive <laughs> that I could get out of this date. So I thought that was, was kind of uh, the post has uh, gone viral on TikTok. So the next time you're on a date, it isn't going well. Uh, or if you think it's going well, but suddenly your date gets a text message saying that they got a positive COVID test or it may not be going as well as you think is the story, I guess. Um, again, another COVID story here. Speaking of the pandemic, authorities in Hong Kong said yesterday, do you hear about this, that they are going to euthanize about 2,000 small animals, including hamsters. That was the story that I saw. That was the headline. Is that uh, authorities in Hong Kong were going to have this uh, mass execution of hamsters in the country after several of them tested positive for the coronavirus at a pet store. An employee there was infected and apparently passed, them, passed the virus on to hamsters. You know, if hamsters could... Uh, could carry the virus, but apparently so. Uh, Hong Kong will also stop the sale of hamsters and the import of all small mammals, according to officials from the Agriculture, Fisheries, and Conservation Department. The pet shop employee tested positive for the Delta variant on Monday, and several hamsters imported from the Netherlands at the store tested positive as well. It's not known if, at least the story doesn't say whether they know They've been able to figure out whether the employee gave COVID to the hamsters or vice versa. But according to the CDC, animals do not appear to play a significant role in spreading of the virus. But authorities in Hong Kong say they're not ruling it out and they're not taking any chances. So not a good time to be a hamster in Hong Kong. Apparently, uh, Some of the other first things that you need to know this morning as we get your Wednesday started here. You know, during the pandemic, there has been this critical blood shortage. People have not been donating blood. Blood drives have been canceled and so on. Now the American Red Cross is trying to entice people to donate blood with a chance to win a trip to the Super Bowl. The prize package includes tickets to the game, round-trip airfare, three-night hotel accommodations, and a $500 gift card. The... Uh, uh, the promotion comes as the organization warned that there was a blood crisis last week, in part due to a 62% drop in college and high school blood drives during the pandemic. 
In response to the crisis, the Red Cross teamed up with the NFL to create the giveaway, which also includes entry to the official NFL tailgate and tickets to the Super Bowl experience there in Los Angeles. Uh, In addition to all of that, the Red Cross is offering blood donors the chance to win an at-home Super Bowl experience, which includes a short-throw laser projector, speakers, and a $500 gift card. So, not a bad deal. And the first thing I thought is the last time that I went to an NFL game, I thought they were trying to bleed me dry. So, that's a natural fit, I think. (laughs) It's expensive to go to a game. And uh, finally this morning, one of the first things you need to know to get your Wednesday uh, started, and this is something that you can chew on here. It is no secret that political arguments uh, can be very heated these days. A new study out of the University of Nebraska shows that they can also be hazardous to your health. The study shows that four in ten Americans cite politics as their main cause of stress. Politics, they say, causes everything from anger and loss of sleep to fractured relationships. Uh, One-fourth of those polled, one in four, say that they have considered moving, considered moving to avoid those who they might clash with politically. One in 20 say the state of politics has left them feeling suicidal, even. Man, is that... Where we are today? Apparently so. Professor Kevin Smith at the University of Nebraska, lead author of the study, says of the findings, quote, a huge chunk of American adults genuinely perceive politics as exacting a serious toll on their social, psychological, and even their physical health. He went on to say there is potential for a demobilization effect here. And this, I think, is kind of the, uh, the interesting part of this. Because I think most of us, we realize that uh, politics has become such a toxic culture and a toxic subject to even bring up. And we worry that people are getting so wrapped up, so involved in politics that they're letting it consume them. It's becoming all consuming. But uh, Professor Smith in this study suggests that it might actually have the opposite effect. That uh, people will get so fed up with it, they'll just throw their hands up and say, heck with it, I don't want to get involved. And that could lead to a mass uh, dis... Uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, a uh, disengagement. And people less... Fewer people would be uh, involved in the political process. And said, democracy depends on civically engaged citizens. And he fears that we may actually end up with the opposite. So, no, just something to uh, think about there. And I, you may be onto something. So anyway, there you go for some of the first things you need to know to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, cloudy today with a high of 39. Temperatures dropping throughout the afternoon. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 17. The Ohio Department of Transportation's Interstate 75 Widening and Reconstruction Project in Findlay has won the Project of the Year Award from the American Society of Civil Engineers. This is part of our conversation with Mayor Christina Mern when the project was completed in 2020. Really excited to have it done and continue to see the state's yeah. investment in our community because I know it's going to continue to pay dividends and attract new residents as well as new companies to our community. The project earned ODOT the Project of the Year Award specifically for the design and construction of the interchange between 75 and U.S. 68 State Route 15 because the project presented a lot of challenges. Get more on our website. It was only a dusting for us, but the National Weather Service says snowfall totals were impressive in eastern Ohio from the storm that rolled through Sunday into Monday. It was to the east of I-71 that the snow started picking up. Cincinnati received less than two inches. Columbus and Mansfield had about three, but Cleveland picked up a foot. The city's eastern suburbs reported about 15 inches of snow. Ashtabula measured a whopping 24 inches, and a few spots in Ashtabula County got a little more than that. And the area from Zanesville to Steubenville generally received 8 to 10 inches, with a few spots just above a foot. Dave James, I went in News. There's no snow in our immediate future, but it looks like it will be getting much colder by the end of the week. An Ohio manufacturing company is navigating the statewide worker shortage by hiring stay-at-home moms. 
The CEO of Tusco Display says he was able to fill a gap in his work staff by hiring people he saw dropping their kids off at the school across the street. He says the staff members he has hired are able to work a part-time shift that fits around their kids' school schedules. Tusco Display is located in Tuscarawas County and builds retail display racks and shelves for large and small businesses. The University of Finley has announced that Phantom of the Opera star John Kudia will perform at the university. Most notably, Kudia holds the distinct honor of being the first and only actor to have performed both as the Phantom and the Phantom of the Opera and Jean Valjean in Les Miserables on Broadway. We have more details, including ticket prices, on our website. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So last week, a new state law protecting patients from getting hit with surprise medical bills went into effect. It works in conjunction with a federal law that took effect earlier this month. And joining us this morning to sort out the information that patients need to know is Ohio Department of Insurance Deputy Director Carrie Howald. And Carrie, uh, two laws here, as we mentioned, same goal, kind of lay out the basics uh, of this new law or these new laws in layman's terms. What exactly do they mean for consumers? Of course, Chris, thank you so much for having us. Um, the basic goal of both of these of both of these laws is the same, and it is to protect consumers and prevent consumers from getting these types of bills and really take the consumer out of the middle of what is a payment negotiation between the provider and the plan. And that's really, in simple terms, what these goal, these laws are aimed at. So what defines a surprise medical bill under this law? Oh, it's a great question because there are still going to be bills that consumers are paying. We see these types of surprise billing situations predominantly in two ways. And so what is a surprise bill? Mostly it's an emergency situation. So you have an accident or, um, you know, some other emergency situation where you're just going to the nearest hospital or you're getting taken to the nearest hospital by an ambulance. Um, and you don't have any control, of course, over whether that hospital, where they're going to take you and whether that hospital is in network. So predominantly, that is the first situation where you show up at an out-of-network facility, no ability to control where you're going, and you end up with a, with a fairly large bill as a result. The second situation we see a lot is um, planned procedures where these things are planned months in advance. You know your facilities in network. You know the the person, the provider that's doing the procedures in network, um, but you encounter a consulting physician uh, or some sort of specialty um, anesthesiologist or radiologist or lab Mm -hmm. provider who you had no ability to really check whether they were in your network or not. And you encounter them during your procedure and you end up with one of those surprise medical bills. So those are the two kind of predominant examples of things that we see where this bill, these laws are going to protect you. Consumers will still owe their normal co-insurances, co-pays, deductible, all the normal features of a health plan. Mm -hmm. They will still owe those things, but they should not owe the difference between what the plan has paid and what the provider wants to be paid. That process is going to now be a separate process, and we're hoping to just take the consumers out of the middle of that altogether. Yeah, as you were saying, the idea is to remove the patient from what really it boils down to is a negotiation between a healthcare provider and a healthcare insurer. So, uh, how do consumers navigate or, or is there anything that consumers need to do in order to navigate this law with their insurance providers or is that all uh, ideally going to be kind of taken out of the mix and, and consumers will have uh, no issues with that? So ideally, they'll just be taken out of the middle of that and they won't even be seeing these bills anymore. That's, of course, the ideal state. Now, these laws are both new, as you mentioned, so it might take a little time for both providers and health plans to kind of ramp up compliance. Mm -hmm. And so really what we want consumers to know is to call the department. You know, their very first step is to, if they get a bill that they think they don't owe, to call that provider and ask that question. But if they can't get it resolved, to just call the department and the department can you know, investigate, sort of look into what is the situation. And we're expecting, frankly, both the providers and the plans at that point to work with us to get these 
situations corrected for consumers quickly. Well, that was going to be my next question. What would a consumer do if they received what they would consider to be a surprise medical bill? So it's just uh, reporting that to the Ohio Department of Insurance? Correct. Yep. We have an online portal so they can use our website, which is www.insurance.ohio.gov. Um, there is so they can complain through that portal or consumers can call us. We have a consumer hotline that they can call at 1-800-686-1526. Either of those ways are going to get them where they need to be. And we can then help, um, you know, bring that matter to a resolution. And do patients need to know or worry about which law a dispute would be covered by? Because again, we're talking about two separate laws that are working in conjunction, or does this all go through the Ohio Department of Insurance? It's a great question, Chris, and and they are two separate laws, um, and they do work in conjunction with each other, but the department is working cooperatively with CMS to make sure that all these issues get addressed. So the main thing that we want for consumers is to call us. If we can't, you know, handle it at the department because it's something that is, you know, more pertinent to the federal laws and regulations, which was a little different than the state statute, then we will help uh, manage that process. But we don't want consumers to be questioning, who do I have to call because that might get complicated. So we just want them to call us up front okay. and then we'll help them sort it out from there. Very good. Uh, simplify it as much as we possibly can. And as we mentioned, we're talking about a federal law in conjunction with a state law. And of course, people also know, we've talked about this uh, in the past, that there are new federal tr uh, price transparency rules. That's actually another component of this, is it not? And how does this law or these laws work in conjunction with those new rules? Yes, that is absolutely correct. Um, at the federal level, there were a significant number of other provisions that spoke to price transparency. Um, and those, you know, provisions work nicely for into the surprise billing concept, mm -hmm. um, making sure that consumers kind of understand um, what the, number one, what the new requirements are relative to billing and who can bill and who can't bill. But also, what are, what are these services costing? Um, and so a, a large number of providers now are going to be posting information about how much services are costing, you know, average numbers, because of course the details are important, but um, consumers should start to see that at their doctor's offices or facilities that they, vi they visit. They should start to see information about cost and price. You, and that's really important to make sure that consumers kind of have all the information they need as they're making decisions. Yeah, you bring up a good point, and it's worth emphasizing that we're talking in generalities here. Uh, I would imagine that in, in this case, as as is the case with many things, especially in the in the healthcare field, uh, every case is a little bit different. The specifics are, are different, but so we're speaking in generalities here. And uh, again, to circle back to something you were mentioning earlier, uh, these laws are designed designed to uh, kind of bridge that gap between healthcare providers and insurance companies. Is there anything additional or special that consumers who are covered by Medicare or Medicaid should be aware of with respect to this new law? That's an excellent question. There are slightly different protections that are going to be at play, whether you're a Medicare um, recipient or a Medicaid recipient. And truthfully, Chris, even in those situations, those consumers can call us as well. We have um, a specific division that is dedicated to helping um, our Medicare population here at the department, understanding their benefits and navigating those benefits. And also, we have a great relationship with the Ohio Department of Medicaid. Of course, it is a sister agency. And so we can help those consumers as well, get them where they need to go. Uh, and get their their protections as they needed to be, you know, completed as well. So it is something that we can help with at the department, and we just want consumers to call us. And again, these are laws that are in effect now, so consumers will want to be aware of it. We've got a link up on our webpage for more information from the Ohio Department of Insurance. Deputy Director Carrie Howe out with us this morning. Thanks very much for uh, taking the time and uh, kind of laying this out for us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here and thanks so much for having us. So you may remember uh, last week uh, in the news had this story about a half a dozen residents of City Mission of Findlay 
graduated from a manufacturing course at the Fostoria Learning Center on uh, providing uh, basic training for entry-level manufacturing jobs. And uh, as of last week, when we reported five of the six have already gotten job offers, and by now maybe uh, all of them have, I'm not sure, but... Uh, a, a really interesting uh, training program and an example of how City Mission is helping the homeless get back on their own two feet, restarting lives with workforce training and uh, other types of uh, of training. Executive Director uh, Catherine Bausman is uh, with us uh, this morning. Catherine, thanks very much for uh, for dropping by. How long has this program uh, been been going on that specific that specific program? program well first thanks so much for having me i can talk about the mission all day <laughs> this specific program actually has only been going our first class started in november it was actually okay. an intro to welding okay. class and an osha 10 certificate class and so this um is just our second um group we so the a, second group mm-hmm. uh so so uh it will be a, a a bit before you'll you'll know how well this has worked but certainly the early returns are very encouraging they're very encouraging and when we say how well it works it it's going to work because if it helps one or two people move mm-hmm. beyond true poverty and homelessness into Success, not just stability, not, you know, just I can live paycheck to paycheck. But the reality is, if we can help a couple people, you know, become truly productive, truly have a path to success, I think that is a successful program. You know, this is the the thing, though, and I certainly don't want to throw cold water on this program, but it is, it strikes me, as I was looking at uh, at some of the details here, these are residents of, of City Mission. Yes. We're getting job offers in locations that are outside of town. So that presents issues, does it not, in terms of transportation, in terms of oh, just yes. because they get a, a job doesn't necessarily mean they have some place to stay that is close to uh, to work and, and so on. And again, not to throw cold water on that, but rather to demonstrate that this is only one piece of the puzzle. Oh, it's one piece of a really big puzzle. And, yeah. and some of the job offers will be out of town. Some of them are not, of course. We have, um, out of the 14 people that have gone through the program, six are um, actually employed here in town. Mm-hmm. And so, but transportation is a huge issue. It's always been a huge issue in Finley, from right. what I hear. Right. And it will continue to be. Thank goodness the federal government has empowered, like, um, Ohio Means Jobs with some funds available to help people that are getting back on their feet with stuff like transportation, and we're partnered with Ohio Means Jobs. We're partnered with Hancock County Jobs and Family Services, and there's some funds available for that. But our board is also committed. This is what we do. We help people. So if that means we have to put together a transportation program, well, so be it. And and that's what we wanted to talk about because, again, this is part of a, a continuum or a, a huge umbrella of programs. You call it restart. Yes. Uh, we talk about uh, restarting people's yeah. lives, and that's uh, how you how you term it. It's not just workforce training, but also uh, improved life skills, money management. A lot of things go into this. Well, a lot of things. We, we actually have... Um, programs that start with our stabilization track. You know, you don't go from living out in the cold and to workforce training. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of things in between. So there's stabilization. And there will be those people that just choose that. But for the people that don't just choose to come in and have a hot meal and, and a place to stay, we want something else available. And for those who have training and people come into the to the mission that have skills, that have training, that have experience. They just need really some time to focus, some time to save some money, some time to get it together. We have that. Then those people that need a higher level of care but don't know how to get help with their addiction or their mental illness, well, we we do that in our foundations um, part of our program. And then we have our work readiness, which has includes getting a job, um, the soft skills it takes to get a job. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can keep a job once they get it. Almost anybody right. in this economy can get a job. Let's Fair figure point. out how to keep it. Yeah. And so, and how to manage the money once you do. Right. Because, uh, again, just because you have a job doesn't mean you see uh, people who are gainfully employed who are at risk or 50% close of our residents get- are employed are, are employed yeah 50 percent so. of our residents and, are and this really speaks to i think maybe a a bit of a misperception i'm sure that that you fight when you talk about city mission many people think about city mission as 
as a place for people to get a hot meal and a place to stay mm-hmm. uh, when there's no other options. And that's it. And this is what you do is so much broader, so much more. Less than 20% of our population is just in our stabilization that are just there to get a hot meal and a warm place to stay and have chosen kind of not to move forward yet or even chosen um, a transitory lifestyle. That's a very small percentage of our population. So how do... So how do you, I, I don't want to say, how do you fight that? But, you know, obviously getting the word out and and, and supporting these uh, programs is is key. Is very key. What you do. And I don't know if people have noticed, but since I've been here, I've only been in Finley for seven months and you heard my name a lot. <laughs> um, you get on the radio with wonderful people that invite you on the radio. You, you get in the newspaper of a great local newspaper that's willing to print the story. That's how you do it. And, and you just begin to st- tell the story. So, talk about some of these uh, these programs. I mean, again, the uh, this workforce development program uh, has been in the news, and and you know we know a little bit more about that. Some of the other components to that restart uh, program or umbrella that, okay. that you work out. Well, we have our stabilization track. People yeah. can come in, and for the first seven days, we really don't really ask a lot. You need a time. Mm-hmm. You know, to get your head together, to eat, to sleep. And that's what we call our stabilization. And then you move into what we call foundations. You begin to work with an advocate and they begin to assess with you what is your critical need? What What is keeping you here? What's keeping you from moving forward? Um, we use a lot of the local agencies for mental health care, mental health evaluations. There's a lot of untreated or undiagnosed mental health. And so we work um, with getting the people where they need to be so they can truly get to a place where they can move into work readiness um, addiction. This uh, month alone, we have taken seven people to different detoxes and rehabs. We have found them throughout the state that are free or that will accept um, the insurances they have. And so we have found that they need that level of care. We're not a detox center. We're not a rehab center. Mm-hmm. And so we make sure that people get the help they need. And once they do that... Then they're like, okay, now I'm ready to move forward. So Mm -hmm. we have parenting classes. We have finance classes. We have resume classes. We have soft skills for employment classes. And we have workforce development. For those people that don't just want to go get a job or maybe can't because they really don't know um, how to do anything. I mean, a lot of these, our last group of people were our 18 to 24-year-olds. Everybody in the class except for one was 18 to 24 years old. Mm. And people don't think about that as a homeless person. Yeah. And so, but generational poverty, generational addiction, generational homelessness, mm-hmm. um, they don't know how. Yeah. And that's what our advocates do. Is there, is there anything as, that is part of that umbrella of services uh, that you need to work more on i mean what are the goals moving forward for everything that you do now what do you need to do next well transportation is a big key and not just for the workforce development program but if you think about right now we're at the highest census that city mission has ever been in its history Mm -hmm. we have 122 residents plus our warming um shelter that takes in 10 to 20 people a night. And so we need to get these people to their appointments. I can get you a mental health appointment, but I also need to get you there. I can get you a medical appointment. I can can do this because we have great agencies in town. But what I have to do then is get you there. Yeah, the biggest challenge. Uh, One of the biggest challenges. Yeah, moving forward. Uh, If folks want to learn more about all of the work, again, because we, we talk about people think city mission, they think a place to sleep and maybe a warm meal. Uh, and maybe don't realize everything that is going on. Folks want to learn more. You've got uh, information about all of this. At oh, absolutely. Website, right? You could go to our website at www.finleymission.org. We can also be happy to give anybody a tour, whether it's a group or an individual person. We'll walk you through it and show you what we do. Restarting lives with a con- uh, whole comprehensive uh, slate of programs, uh, how City Mission is helping the homeless get back on their own two feet. Executive Director Catherine Bausman with us uh, this morning. Catherine, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate Thank you so much for inviting me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. 
Did you happen to see this? I, I mentioned this right off the bat in the uh, broken news because I saw this story uh, yesterday. And uh, I, I guess this woman has found Internet fame, but maybe not the way she had anticipated. A Canadian woman uh, appeared to be snapping a selfie while standing on top of her car as it sank in a river of ice over the weekend. <laughs> Photos and video taken from the shore of the river in Ottawa show this woman, she, unidentified, but uh, this woman in a red winter coat apparently nonchalantly, nonchalantly snapping a quick selfie while standing on the back window of her vehicle as it slowly sinks. This happened around 4.30 in the afternoon Sunday. How her vehicle ended up in the river, I don't know. But uh, she's on top of the car, <laughs> the car's sinking, and she's snapping a selfie. <laughs> I'm thinking, really? Really? This is the time of the day? Oh, I'd, I might die here. I better get a selfie of this. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? If we had smartphones back in 1917, there would probably have been people snapping selfies and taking Snapchat videos while the Titanic sunk, too. So I suppose it should not be surprised by this. But uh, anyway, the video shows a couple of people preparing to send a kayak out over the ice to rescue the woman. In a follow-up video, the woman can be seen safely inside the kayak as a man pulls her uh, man, man pulls her in the boat with a with a rope to get her back to shore. But uh, so all's well that ends well. But <laughs> really, snapping a selfie while your car is sinking on this. Anyway, <laughs> don't know who she is, but hey, I guess she found internet fame. Uh, <laughs> just maybe not the way she intended. I don't think she figured everybody would be mocking her for this. Here we go. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, a nude burglary suspect is expected to survive after being shot by a Baton Rouge fire arson investigator. (laughs) Police say the naked man tried to break into the investigator's work truck Uh, late yesterday morning in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The investigator told officers he started shooting because there were weapons inside the truck and it was a safety thing. The Baton Rouge Police Department believes the suspect was not wearing clothes because he was under the influence. <laughs> yes, let's not forget, he was nude uh, at the time. That's a... Well, the arson inspector has a story to tell. <laughs> Imagine being, being shot while naked by an arson investigator. All kinds of weird in that story. Uh, how about this? You talk about weird and and naked people. Uh, Cleveland Browns defensive tackle Malik McDowell is accused of walking around naked in front of a South Florida learning center. When a Broward County Sheriff's Office deputy arrived, uh, Mr. McDowell allegedly attacked him. The 25-year-old had to be tased. He is charged with aggravated battery on an officer resisting arrest with violence. And uh, indecent exposure in public. His defense attorney believes his client could have been under the influence. Perhaps he was slipped something. Uh Uh-huh. In a statement, the Browns say that they are aware of the very concerning incident and are gathering more information. And uh, will have no further comment at this time. (laughs) That is an interesting uh, scenario for the team to have to deal with in the offseason. I believe that's what they call in sports a distraction. Uh, You know the old saying that you can have too much of a good thing? Here's proof. A 24-year-old woman in California wanted to get her money's worth at an all-you-can-eat sushi buffet. So she indulged in 32 sushi rolls. 32 Uh, Soon after finishing her 32nd, she complained of stomach pain and had to be rushed to the hospital. The diagnosis, a severe case of acid reflux. She was in the hospital for several days recovering. So the next time you order that 32nd sushi roll, remember (laughs) this cautionary tale, I guess. (laughs) And I knew I should have stopped at 31. 
Odd story out of uh, England in Cambridgeshire, England. What would you do if you saw a pair of feet sticking out of a rolled up carpet in the backseat of a driver's car? Several uh, witnesses called the police after seeing this suspicious sight. And cops were dispatched to investigate. Fortunately, it turned out to be just a mannequin, (laughs) a mannequin of Prince Charming, no less, which was on its way to a themed birthday party. So that's what's (laughs) all's well that ends well. But that must have been some uh, anxious moments. Imagine seeing that as your car driving by with somebody's feet sticking out of a rolled up carpet. And finally, in the broken news this morning, I'll tell you what, in Russia, they don't mess around. An artist in Russia found himself in a, a bit of a situation after getting arrested for creating a giant turd sculpture out of snow. Artist Ivan Volkov was charged with desecrating the burial place of the dead because it was uh, near a cemetery that he constructed his snow sculpture. Uh, News reports are that the uh, sculpture was located in St. Petersburg's Field of Mars where graves of those who died in the 1917 Russian Revolution are buried. Apparently, this thing was over 16 feet long. The 29-year-old artist shared pictures of his artwork, which has since been taken down, uh, posted them on social media and commented that he did not put any particular meaning to the work. He now faces a fine and up to five years in jail for his snow turd. Now, there's a there are two words that I never expected to say in the same in the same sentence. A snow turd. <laughs> there, there you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN says thank you for listening. And remember, you can listen around the clock on computer, smartphone, or tablet. Start your day with Chris Oaks and good mornings. And stay with us all day long. You also get CBS Sports Radio plus all of our locally originated sports programming. Listen live whenever you like at 1330 WFIN, 95.5 FM, and at WFIN.com, where you can also grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android. Now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So we are just shy of three weeks into the new year. And this is the time when we start to talk about uh, and talk to those who are on the verge of or have already given up on their New Year's resolutions. And that is a sizable segment of the population. As it turns out, a new survey finds two-thirds, a little more than two-thirds of Americans, say they have never, never successfully completed a New Year's resolution. Uh, This survey finds that of those who have previously set resolutions, there's a survey of 2,000 people, 2,000 adults, 68% say they have never fully achieved one of those goals. Never. However, respondents are feeling more optimistic this year. Three quarters have set resolutions for 2022, and 36% of those people believe that they will achieve all of their goals. 35% of resolution-setting respondents believe that they will achieve some of their goals, and just 4% do not believe they will be successful with any of them. So what I take away from that, two-thirds of Americans say they have never successfully completed a New Year's resolution, but we are eternally optimistic of that, uh, of doing so. For those who don't expect to hit all of their targets, the average respondent says they start falling behind before the end of the month, specifically by January 29th, And for those respondents, February 4th 
is when they expect to give up entirely on most, if not all, of their 2022 goals. So if you don't want to be one of those people... Well, close to 70% of people abandon their New Year's resolutions before February 1st. In fact, we mentioned the other day that the average time from when the ball drops to when we drop the ball is 32 days. And with uh, with that deadline or that, uh, that date looming here... With us this morning is Mia Sin, nationally recognized nutrition expert and founder of the online wellness platform Nutrition by Mia to help you beat the odds this year. Now, Mia, the common excuse or the common problem for not being able to follow through uh, on these resolutions is that it's all about a lack of willpower. We just don't want it enough. That's kind of what we tell ourselves or what we hear. Is that it or do you find that there are other things going on that contribute to this as well? No, I think it's the fact that we're not making specific, realistic, and attainable goals. That's really the key to getting them to stick long-term. And so when I work with my clients um, as a dietitian, it's really important that we make those specific goals that are measurable, they have sort of a deadline, um, they're realistic, and something that can be implemented for life. So what do you, where do you suggest we start? How do we, uh, how do we approach this in such a way that we can make it stick? Yes. So my first tip is to move more. This is, you know, fairly simple. It's recommended that we get 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity each week or 75 minutes of vigorous activity. And it's all about finding what works for you. So it could be as simple as walking around the neighborhood, even gardening or mowing your lawn. That all counts. It all adds up. Uh, If you're further along in your fitness journey, perhaps it's going for a run or going to CrossFit, just be sure to talk to your doctor about setting up any new routine so that it supports your overall health and wellness. So starting small and building from there with respect to uh, getting moving, getting exercise, that's number one. And of course, whenever we talk about exercise, the flip side of that coin is uh, proper diet and better food choices. Yes, that's right. You know, as a dietitian, I'm always looking for ways to eat healthy while still getting creative in the kitchen. And this year, I am encouraging families to focus on eating more fruits and veggies. So the dietary guidelines recommends that we consume one and a half to two and a half cup servings of fruit each day and two to four cup servings of vegetables for adults. And I always say eat a rainbow of produce. That way you're getting a range of nutrients to support your immune system. And one fun way to do that is with a snack charcuterie board um, served with your favorite dips. And I really like the good foods dips. They have these plant-based dips that make healthy eating easy and delicious. And they have a wide selection of better for you dips, including their new spicy queso blanco. They have something for everyone, even those living a vegan, paleo, or keto lifestyle, packed with flavor, no added sugar. And the great thing is, is they can be eaten by themselves or as part of your favorite recipe. And you can find these dips and spreads in stores nationwide, including Target and Costco. Proof that just because we're making better food choices doesn't mean we have to give up flavor or we did these are going to be boring food choices or anything like that again a common misperception absolutely so from there where do we go next so next up is sleep you know a lot of people forget about sleep but it has such a tremendous impact on our mental and physical health and so my tips for getting a better night's sleep include first sticking to a consistent sleep schedule. So you want to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, including weekends. Create a room that's ideal for sleeping, that's cool, dark, and quiet, and aim for seven hours each night. Now, I know there are a lot of people that have a hard time falling asleep, and that's when I recommend Natrol Sleep Plus. It's from the number one drug-free sleep aid brand in America. And it's a really innovative product line that blends melatonin and secondary ingredients with calming beauty and immune health benefits, all designed to plus up your sleep. And it comes in three great tasting gummies. So there's the immune health, which helps support a healthy immune system, helps you get revitalizing sleep, the natural sleep plus calm, which helps calm an active mind and body to easy to sleep, and beauty, which helps you get better sleep and wake up looking refreshed and renewed. You know, they're great tasting, 100% drug-free, 
free uh, preservatives, sweeteners like corn syrup, and you can find them at natural.com, Amazon, and all major retailers and drugstores. You know, along with uh, you know getting a good uh, amount of sleep and, and getting good sleep, the one thing, and I think this is interesting, you point out that uh, beyond that, the thing that we don't talk often enough about uh, is uh, proper relaxation during the course of the day, even when we're we're not sleeping, beyond just sleeping, it's you know taking time to uh, relax and give ourselves a, kind of a mental break, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're such a like go 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 society, and you know, taking time for self care, relaxation, rest—it's so essential. Um, and actually that leads to my last tip, which is to, um, spend less time on social media. So I think a lot of us actually turn to social media when we want to unwind, but research is showing that it can actually do more harm than good. And so it's really important to audit how much time you spend on social media. And this is hard even for me. Um, but you know, looking at the information that you're consuming, is it having a positive or negative effect on your life? Um, studies suggest that limiting your social media engagement to 30 minutes each day can lead to better mental health, can positively affect your overall well-being. You know, this is a time where if you want to unwind, maybe that's when you go for um, your walk with your dog or yeah. um, reading a book. You know, these that's are kind of healthier habits overall. That's a, a really good point. I was going to say, uh, you know, don't confuse uh, rest and relaxation with exercise and movement. We need to do both. And as you were just mentioning, you can actually, uh, you know, combat both or, or take care of both of those uh, at the same time if you're doing it right. So some really good yeah. advice there. Yeah. Again, a nationally recognized nutrition expert and uh, founder of Nutrition by Mia. Mia Sin with us this morning. You've seen her stuff in Women's Health Magazine and Cosmo and Shape Magazine. Uh, where do we get more information, Mia? For more information, you can go to my website, which is nutritionbymia.com. Mia Sin, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. And that is our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can always get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. Check us out online. So Ohio's 2022 legislative session is getting underway today. Coming up tomorrow on the program, State Representative John Cross will discuss the continuing battle over redistricting and his priorities for the coming year. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.